Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is reporter Connie Kim to talk about the revolution mortgage strategy as they attract even more LOs and how lenders are serving first-time homebuyers. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking with Christina Bennett, Senior Vice President of UWM Sales, about a career in the wholesale channel. Christina, is there a particular career path or skill set you commonly see with those looking to become independent mortgage brokers? Hi, Sarah. Honestly, typically what we're seeing is retail loan officers moving over from wholesale, but really anyone can come over into the wholesale channel. You don't have to have a lot of experience. There's a lot of support for anyone coming over. We're seeing a lot of college grads, military veterans, also retired government workers. Honestly, it's just a great place for many people to be. Thanks, Christina. And listeners, you can go to BeAMortgageBroker.com to get more information. Connie, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Excited to join today. So excited to have you. Um, okay, well, we have lots of stories that I'd love to talk about. Um, one of the things, this is Monday, that we just uh, reported on this morning was the fact that Revolution Mortgage snagged some more top uh, loan officers from Loan Depot. This has kind of been what they've been doing all year. Tell us about this latest story. Yeah, so um, Revolution Mortgage, they are a direct retail lender based in Ohio, um, they've been rapidly expanding since last year. And the latest development is that they had scooped up two former Loan Depot top LOs named Jordan Brock and Brett Lotsoff um, in the greater Chicago area. Um, they were both at Loan Depot for about 10 years. And at the branch that they managed to get together, they originated about a billion dollar in volume in 2020 and 2021 when there was a huge refi boom, and they're excited to bring that over to their new branch in the greater Chicago area. I think one of the things that stands out here, so this is, like I said, sort of the playbook that Revolution has been um, doing their game plan all year. Um, Connie, you interviewed those two top LOs, and they both said that, you know, the reason they were interested in going to Revolution was they have a more entrepreneurial model. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So what Tim Johnson, their president and COO, told me is that when the top LOs come to Revolution, they're actually it's more of like owning their own shop. When when the top LOs come, they select their own underwriters, they select their own processors, they select their loan officers that are going to be working for their branch. So it's a lot different from the traditional um, retail stores. They have a lot more autonomy. They have a lot more independence. They have more access to the leadership is how Tim Johnson told me. So for I understand why these top LOs are moving to a more boutique sized lender where they have a lot more independence. So um, Revolution is absolutely one of those boutique lenders that I'm going to be taking a look at. And I, and I assume a lot of our readers are going to be taking a look at all of these lenders that are kind of expanding, um, even in a tough origination market. So obviously, they're, you know, that sort of freedom and entrepreneurship is, is attracting some people. Tell us what they've done since the beginning of the year. This isn't the first time. Yeah, so um, it really happened when Brian Covey, vice president of Loan Depot, joined last year. 
Um, he was telling me when I talked to him um, back then, he was telling me about how they're going to be bringing a lot of top LOs because it's all about, you know, um, targeting that first that targeting that because he was telling me it's all about targeting that purchase market this year. So since then, they have brought on quite a lot of top LOs and uh, from the industry to the company. Um, one that I remember from the top of my head is Larry Steinway. He was a former senior vice president of lending and branch manager at Guaranteed Rate. Um, he is also in charge of a branch in the greater Chicago area. And then I also remember Stacey Chevalier, um, Loan Depot's former area manager who joined Revolution. So um, Tim Johnson, their president and CEO, um, he was telling me that by the end of this month, they will have added 30 new branch locations across the country bringing the total number of branches to 120. Um, if you consider that it's a very tough origination market, that is a lot. And when I asked him about their target origination volume for this year, he estimated about between $2 billion and $2.5 billion. And in the following year, 2024, that's going to grow to uh, $4 billion, which is a lot. That is so much, especially in this uh, environment. I mean, that's one way to grow, right? You go out there and you and you grab the people who are um, are already, you know, very experienced in this kind of lending. And, and let's talk about that a little bit because I feel like they are targeting a certain kind of of, of uh, borrower now. Yeah. So right now, because of the lack of inventory issue, mortgage rate lockdown, a lot of LOs are talking about you know targeting that first time home buyer market. And Jordan and Brett, who recently joined Revolution, they said that's what they're uh, focusing right now as well. For so for the first time home buyers, the biggest barrier for making that big purchase is being able to manage that big down payment. So for them, providing presentations on whether to offer a conventional loan, FHA loan, or whether it be Fannie Mae's Home Ready or Freddie Mac's Home Possible loans, they're all about holding the client's hands and walking down, you know, what is the best affordable way for them to make that big purchase. So they're saying the first transaction is really important and they want to make sure that they have that sticky client relationship so that they can build that customer base going on. And that really ties into um, uh, another story you did recently, which was looking at um, FHA or conventional and how the LLPA changes um, kind of change the calculus for some of the borrowers and, and where they would most fit. Yeah. So um, after the FHFA updated their pricing framework for LLPAs, um, which implemented, which got implemented in May, um, they their intention was to really improve home ownership prospects for first time home buyers with lower income and weaker credit scores. Now, um, that has sparked a lot of controversy among LOs, as you know, because they were saying that it's raising fees on most borrowers with credit scores of 720 and 759 and down payments of between 10 and 20 percent. And what they were saying that is that these changes aren't actually going to be beneficial for the first time homebuyers like the FHFA had intended to, because what's going to end up happening is... FHA loans have a, lo a better rate than conventional loans. And as you know, the mortgage insurance premiums are now lower to 55 bips from before. So, I mean, of course, you know, FHA loans, they have a high upfront and annual cost in the form of mortgage insurance premiums. But when we consider that the conventional loans have a higher rate um, for the higher um, risk borrowers and considering the more private mortgage insurance costs that um, these borrowers have to pay when putting down a down payment of less than 20%, 
they're saying that they would be better off getting an FHA loan. So the verdict seems to be after talking to the Urban Institute, the new LLPA changes will add borrowers for whom conventional lending is marginally more attractive than getting an FHA loan. So basically, that used to be the case for nobody with LTV above 95 based on Urban Institute's calculations. But now the people with the very highest credit scores will have a break-even choice between an FHA and a conventional GSE loan. So to give you a little bit more prospect, um, if the borrower is at a FICO of 740 and a 95% LTV, that's a $5 difference. And the executive that I spoke to at Urban Institute says that change is marginal enough to be absorbed in a lender's pricing strategy or other variables could make up for the difference. So, you know, that group of borrowers are going to have to shop around. And that's what that's what home buyers should do anyways, right? So excluding the first time buyers who are weighed from LLPA fees, no new groups of borrowers will get a clearly better execution with FHA after the changes. I think that what it really points out too, um, and you say this in your article, one of the people that you interviewed for that um, LLPA change story said that, you know, it, this is really where the skill of your LO comes in to take a borrower and, and find the perfect fit for them, especially in this really challenging affordability environment. Yeah, you're right. So the LLPA changes are so complicated and it comes down to, you know, how much your LO knows about the changes and whether he can walk you through the different kind of kinds of scenarios of whether it's going to be better for the buyer buyer to go get an FHA loan or a conventional loan. And that's really important in this environment because it seems that well, it seems that from the real estate agents, they are more well, it seems that from the real estate agent's perspective, they prefer the conventional loans. So although there is no higher risk for you know, a borrower to get an FHA loan, in an environment where there are bidding wars um, and where conventional loans are preferred upon among real estate agents, um, you know, it's very important for an LO to kind of walk the buyer through different scenarios and make that right decision of what's going to be cheaper for the borrower in this environment. Those are all really good points. Um and actually, it kind of leads to um, then another story I wanted to talk to you about, which was your interview with the Blend CEO, Nima Gamsari, about how AI will supercharge loan officers, how they can use it to help them in this kind of environment. So I think that's the first question I have for you is like, how did he see it um, that AI was going to be able to help LOs? Yeah, so... Artificial intelligence is a huge buzzword in the mortgage industry right now. And in fact, AI was a big topic in April's um, mortgage tech conference in California. And, you know, as you know, Blend is all about technology. So I wanted to ask him, you know, how is AI going to change the mortgage industry going forward? Now, he did mention that this is going to take a lot of time because there's so much technology involved in this. But he did say that AI is going to play an important role where they're going to be able to come up with the diverse um, mortgage options that the LO can provide to the borrower. Because as you know, there are hundreds of mortgage products and every mortgage product is different. Every mortgage product um, is suitable. I mean, different mortgage products are suitable for different lenders. So what he's saying is that AI can actually do all the hard work in the background. And when the LO meets up with the customer, he's ready to show up and provide the range of options that they can choose from. That's a really important point. Um, you know, it, it, we do see lenders really reaching out to different kinds of 
um, borrowers these days and really, you know, not expanding the bounds when it comes to like legality or something that would be safe, but definitely like, oh, you're, you're a gig worker. Yes, we will take that loan. Whereas, you know, if you're super busy, maybe that's not your first choice, but now, you know, every loan counts. And so they are really, um, you know, wanting to make sure they can reach all the borrowers and that kind of um, AI that could say, here's all your options could, could be helpful. Yeah, exactly. And even after the loan is processed, um, Nimak, I'm sorry, he mentioned a really important point. AI could also be like a co-pilot for an underwriter. So even after the loan is filed, the AI can go over, you know, the different requirements and documentations and correcting, hey, we need an additional piece of information. We extracted this information. And now that loan looks like we need to change something about it. So, you know, AI is going to be that co-pilot for an LO, for an underwriter that is going to help make the loan process very easy and fast. I appreciated that interview you did with Nima. And one of the things that you asked him was like, okay, but, you know, as great as AI can be, there's also some question about the bias that might be, um, you know, lurking and machine learning and things like that. What did he answer when it came to that? Yeah. So getting rid of that bias in AI is a crucial factor that, you know, every industry is trying to figure out and more, the mortgage industry is no exception. So he said that's where a human being comes into the loop, getting rid of that bias in the machine learning process. And if they, and if they do, that's going to hugely benefit expanding the home ownership um, process because when home buyers, especially in underserved markets, they're trying to buy a home, they an LO has to put in a lot of effort and time walking that buyer um, go through the mortgage process. And so basically, it's tr- it's very hard to scale the market when it comes to, you know, serving the underserved markets and expanding that home ownership. So if we are able to figure out, you know, getting rid of that bias in AI, um, he believes that, you know, that is that is the area where AI can help with home ownership and tapping into a potential customer base. Connie, thanks so much for getting on. I appreciate it and talking about all the uh, stories that you're doing and the coverage you're providing. I really uh, appreciate your perspective. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Hi, I'm McKenna Clay, Events and Programs Specialist here at HW Media, and I wanted to invite you to our upcoming event this summer. A theme we've heard from housing leaders this year is the importance of relationships to not only survive, but be strategic in 2023. And that's why we decided to invite the top C-suite executives and leaders in mortgage to join us at Gathering of Eagles in Austin, Texas from June 18th until 21st. Now, Gathering of Eagles has historically been exclusive to the nation's most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, and C-suite leaders. But for the first time this year, we're opening up the audience to include execs from mortgage, title, and insurance so that you can connect and build vital partnerships for your business. If you want to learn more, visit the events page on realtrends.com and you can get registered today to come hang out with us in Austin. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.